1: so welcome back to the great unsolved my name is alexis and obviously i am the host of this i guess that was pretty self-explanatory anyways last week i attempted to cover the valo case um, lori Vallow, Tyler ryan and jj valo and it was just so confusing i i'm not super happy with the episode but i hope you guys got some information about it And this week, we're going to jump into another case that is very prevalent in the news lately. Before we jump into that case, I want to play two promos from some great podcasts that I love to listen to.
2: I'm a true crime enthusiast. Documentaries, podcasts, movies, and books I love to read. If you have an appetite for the twisted, have I got a show for you. True Crime by the Book is a podcast hosted by me, Tasha Pierce, and it's from a bookworm's point of view. I read the book so you won't have to, unless you want to. Then by all means, read, but whatever you do, join me every other Tuesday to talk real crime, one page at a time. That's True Crime by the Book, wherever podcasts are served. Do you have an obsession with true crime? Are you intrigued by the mystery and the rabbit holes surrounding unsolved cases? And can you appreciate the snark and humor of an exhausted mother of two young children? Then you should click subscribe to Naptime Nancy Podcast. Throw on some baby shark for your kids or pet or partner. Slide your headphones on and join me as I talk some true crime during nap time. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, Audio Boom, and other listening apps.
1: So, after listening to those promos, I realize I need to up my promo game because mine do not sound nearly as great as those. Anyway, go check out True Crime by the Book and Naptime Nancy. They're both great podcasts and, you know... There's no harm in giving them a try. So if you don't already follow us on Twitter, then I suggest you do so at Great Unsolved. I post a lot on there. I've been posting a lot of unidentified bodies, as in Jane Doe's and John Doe's, from Vicap on there lately, just to give them a little more recognition. I also share a lot of other podcasts and post a lot about cases on there. If you wanna follow us on Instagram, that is at Great Unsolved Pod. And I post maybe like once daily on there. I'm getting better at it. But I post a lot about cases and episodes on there as well. All of our other links are going to be in the description. There's like a little link tree thing, and you click on it, and then there's a bunch of boxes, and you click on whichever one you want. So On there also is our Patreon, which if you don't know what Patreon is, it's kind of like a subscription. So you pay two or more dollars a month, and then you get access to everything on there. I am going to start doing exclusive episodes, which the first one will actually be uploaded this week. And all my show notes are on there, and I don't always share everything that I write down. So There's always other theories and other things I think on those show notes, and you get them about a week before the show even comes out. So you kind of get advanced whatever to it, (laughs) and you also get ad-free episodes, and you'll be part of polls, etc. So that is in the description also. Lastly, I would like to encourage you guys to leave a review because I switched from Anchor to Sprecher recently and I lost all of my reviews. So I have like zero reviews and I would appreciate more. It only takes a minute. So if you have that time, please do that. So last thing is if you listened in last week, you heard the promo for my second podcast coming out on April 3rd called "Gone in an Instant." This podcast will cover missing 411 cases and theories surrounding them. So, if you like that, go follow that wherever you get your podcasts. Anyways, let's jump into the case of Gannon Stock. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. That's how I heard some people pronouncing it. I was an idiot saying Gannon Stouch. As I sound out words. Anyways, Gannon Stock is an 11-year-old boy who was missing in Colorado. He was described as 4 foot 9 inches and 90 pounds, with brown hair, brown eyes, and he was last seen wearing a blue jacket and jeans. He is now presumed dead even though his body has not been found. His stepmother is suspected as the murderer in this case. <laughs> People liked when I went through like a timeline, so that's what I'm going to start doing with all these cases. Let's jump into the timeline of Gannon's disappearance. January 27th, 2020, Letitia, which is Gannon's stepmother, reported him missing. She reported that he was last seen walking to a friend's house that afternoon in between 3.15 p.m. and 4 p.m. in Colorado Springs the sheriff's office labeled this case as a runaway case due to him being 11, like he can obviously process running away, and because Letitia didn't report anything suspicious. She just saw him walking to a friend's house, and that was that. January 28th, Landon Hyatt, Gannon's biological mother arrived in Colorado and spent the day speaking to law enforcement. At this time, 200 people were also searching Gannon's neighborhood. They were looking for any clues of what happened to Gannon or where he went. January 29th, a major crimes detective took over the case, which is never a great sign. A news station received a credible tip that Gannon was no longer considered a runaway, and now foul play was suspected. So this changes from a runaway to a missing persons case. At this time, Gannon's stepmother was said to be the number one suspect. The media relations manager for the sheriff's department stated this when contacted by the news station who got that tip. Quote, we will not be confirming any information that you have in your email. This is an active, ongoing investigation in the search for an 11-year-old boy. Any information prematurely released that has not been confirmed by the El Paso County Sheriff's Office would greatly hinder the investigation and would be very irresponsible journalism. This day, about 200 volunteers searched the neighborhood again and a field for Gannon, but came up empty-handed. January 30th, the El Paso County Sheriff's Office upgraded this case to a missing and endangered child. So I told you on the 29th, the news station got word from a credible source that this may be the case, but now it was confirmed that Gannon was considered a missing and endangered child. This was due partly to his age, partly to his medical requirements, and also the weather outside. It is the end of January in Colorado, so I'm assuming the weather was not good. The sheriff's office asked for anyone with info to call authorities. This caused them to get tons of misinformation at this time. And I had never really thought about it before, but I figure this is the case with a lot of cases. Police will ask for information, and then... A lot of people, even just people wanting to do the right thing, will misinterpret something they see, or they will think they see the missing person, and they'll call in and give a bad tip, which hinders the investigation, but I think it's better that way, rather than them not calling in and it being a real tip. Anyways, Gannon's father, Al, told the news that he was out of town for work training when Gannon disappeared and knew something was wrong when Gannon was gone past six. He stated this, quote, We kind of do the streetlight rule. When the streetlights come on or it gets dark, they better be home. And it was like maybe 30 minutes past that. Started to worry at that point. Then I started texting all the friends that we know he goes to, and nobody had seen him. Both Al and Letitia stated they did not know what friend's house Gannon was going to. I'm going to interject here as well, because he's 11. Why do you not know what friend's house he is going to? No matter how safe you think your neighborhood is, I don't think that is the right thing to do for an 11-year-old kid. My boyfriend's family has, he has a lot of younger siblings, and like when we would watch the kids, even the 13-year-old, we would be like, okay, where are you going, what friend are you going to, and he would ask even just to go around the block, like on a skateboard or something, because you'd rather know in case you need them or something happens than just be completely oblivious. So that really struck me when I read about this case, that neither of the parents knew where this 11-year-old boy was going. That just seems very odd. So the next day, January 31st, 2020, the sheriff's office asked volunteers to register and coordinate search areas to look for Gannon. So people were still very involved at this point, which was about four days after he initially went missing. At this point, there were 72 tips in this case, but obviously nothing had really come from them yet. On February 1st, the children in Gannon's neighborhood came together to pray for Gannon. And over 160 people searched the immediate area for for Gannon again, but there was no luck. I do think it was really nice that the children decided to pray for Gannon. It's obvious he had a lot of friends in that community, and you can really tell that when his parents talk about him, I mean, his, like, his biological parents, they talk about how sweet he was, and they use all these nicknames, and you kind of just can feel that he was a very nice and well-liked child. On February 2nd, Roderick Drayton, who is Gannon's neighbor, shows video from his surveillance camera that, like, kind of looks over, like, his driveway garage area. And it shows Letitia leaving with Gannon and then coming back without him on the day he went missing. This video goes against what Letitia said when she was interviewed by cops. So it kind of is suspect right away. Roderick says Gannon and Letitia get into her red pickup truck, which is parked on the street, which is why his camera can see it, at 10.13 a.m., And Letitia returns at 2.19 p.m. by herself. And she's had some stories about it, but we'll get into those later. At this point, on February 2nd, there are 134 tips, and over 50 people searched for Gannon again that day. So, February 3rd is when things get even more interesting, And February 3rd was actually my birthday, and my boyfriend and I were out, and I kept checking my phone because there was updates on this case, and I had to keep, like, checking and figuring out what the updates were. I am that person when I go out, so a lot of you would probably hate me. (laughs) Anyways, law enforcement and crime lab technicians were seen looking for evidence at the family home. Letitia responded online to online comments this is what she said quote i took care of gannon for the last 2 years in our home i would never never ever hurt this child and i know there are some questions out there that's up to the investigations when they end up letting you guys know but i've cooperated with them we're going to find gannon and that's the main goal that we all have i'm just ready for gannon to come home She says the family has received over 20 death threats, which is awful, but I think she should also be telling the truth. The FBI child abduction rapid employment is now involved in the searches on this day. There's also been over 1,800 hours of investigative work done and over 2,400 staff hours Put into the search efforts. On February 4th, items were removed from the stock's home. On February 5th, Gannon's biological parents and his sister share an emotional video plea for the information on Gannon.
3: How do I describe my G-man, my Gannon? Gannon's my hero. I love him so much. He's not only my hero, he has multiple people that Call him his hero as well. He has so many family members that just look up to him at such a small age. He's full of life. He's happy. He's energetic. He loves sports. He loves Sonic. He loves going outside playing with his friends, his sister, his neighbor, especially Brayden. This neighborhood basically gives you a true example of who my son is. Everybody coming together, all the smiles that people have. This is why I have hope, because I feel it. This is Gannon truly speaking to our community. Gannon, he loves Blue, he loves Sonic, he's into coding, he loves riding his bicycle with his sister, and I know that he's missing that right now. He holds his job as being Big Bubba, very important, and for him not to be able to talk to his sisters has to be hurting him. This week has been awful. It's been more than a roller coaster ride. It's been more than emotional mess. I don't even have answers for my feelings other than I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I will never hear his voice, that I will never hear him run and say, Mommy. That I'll never hear those corny jokes that he always tells every single day. He has to tell me a joke. He looks forward to telling me something silly. And I'm afraid that I may never see that again or hear it. I don't want to believe that because that means that I'm giving up hope and I'm not giving up hope because my son is full of hope. So I'm urging anyone that has any leads, credible leads, if you're too afraid because you know something, a kid just doesn't disappear and no one sees him. That's doesn't. It's not how this works. So if you have anything that's credible, if you're afraid, don't worry about it. Imagine my son, how afraid he is. Imagine how afraid Gannon is. So please call. Please write. If you need to have someone else to do it for you, please do. Because my son deserves to be here. He deserves to be here. Please call El Paso Sheriff's County and let them know. And I thank you guys, the community, for what you've done. Because this is Gannon. This is who he is. And I thank you guys so much.
4: When Gannon was born, he weighed only one pound and six ounces and even today, he's still our miracle child. He still is. and He's such a happy child, and he, he just brings life to every party. He, his smile, even today, is keeping us going. His infectious smile brings me joy every time I think about it. The past eight days have been, as Landon said, a roller coaster of emotions. Sometimes we jump in for joy because we get an information that we might think is a break in the case, and, and then the next minute we get it you know, we see something or get information that just breaks our heart into a million pieces again. But through all this, just know that your thoughts and your prayers and your messages keep them coming because even if we don't respond, we are receiving them, and that has given us strength to get through this. And I do want to say, I'm so proud of, of Lena, my little baby girl here. And of Landon, you know, my children's mother, they've been so strong through this, stronger than I would have ever thought that I, that I could have ever been. And I'm getting straight from them as well. As I said, please keep sending your thoughts and your prayers because we are receiving them. And if you have any information, any information at all that could help, please reach out to the El Paso County Sheriff's Office with only credible information, but any information that you think may help. Thank you so much.
1: Bye-bye. on february 6th 100 volunteers four mounted unit members and three search and rescue dogs searched the area of lorsen ranch big johnson reservoir i can only think that this was due to a tip otherwise there wasn't a huge reason to search this area i don't believe february 7th Submersible remotely operated vehicles with sonar were used to search bodies of water, but came up empty again. On February 8th, Gannon's neighborhood was searched for the third time, and a candlelight prayer vigil was held at Lorson Ranch. On February 9th, some of the neighbors of the stocks were questioned. On February 10th, there were over 300 tips by this time, and police told the public not to send in tips based on rumors or speculation. There were over 2,600 hours of investigative work put in, and over 3,600 staff hours were put in by this time. On February 12th, Letitia released a public statement about the neighbor's video footage.
2: This morning in the disappearance of the 11-year-old Gannon Stock.
0: We're hearing exclusively from his stepmom, the last person to see him before he disappeared. Fox was Nicole Fierro. She's been following this since, since, the, the, since he went missing, frankly, and it's been a, a long two weeks. So what do we know? What is she saying?
2: A very long two weeks. I spoke with her on the phone last night. She says she's getting criticism online from all over the world and even death threats. But in a statement exclusively to Fox 31, Letitia Stouck starts by thanking the people who have been searching for Gannon. First and foremost, I would like to thank all agencies, volunteers and community members who are working diligently and praying endlessly to bring Gannon home safe. Thank you to my husband who has stayed strong through this and protected our family to the best of his ability and our immediate and extended family members throughout the East Coast to Gannon. Please come home soon because your daddy is waiting to watch the new Sonic movie that comes out this week. And the cool shirt I got you to wear to the theater, it's in your closet. She told me social media has been devastating and that it has been a challenge when people are trying to run you off the road, waiting outside your hotel, threatening to kill you, etc. She's asking the sheriff's office to take down some of the pages on social media. Fox 31 got this video from a neighbor who said he turned it over to police when he saw that Gannon didn't get out of Letitia Stouck's truck on the day he went missing. Stouck tells me Gannon was in the truck. Please don't think for a second that there isn't enough of technology to determine shadows and movement around the truck. There was also proof from my phone that we had taken a selfie in the truck in our driveway that was time stamped. We always send pictures to Albert when we are out and about when he's away
1: so this had most of the statement but i did find more so here's a little bit more on what leticia leticia whatever said on february 12th quote saturday night g which is gannon was helping me unload in the garage and cut his foot because there are a lot of tools because Albert does woodworking he sat on the edge of the car and we bandaged it up he was good to go He always loves helping his dad in the garage build things like his Lego tables and the flower pot they built for me as a gift. After this, I noticed G kept going to the side of the house. He told me that he was checking to see if the gate was locked because he was the only one with a gate key. It made him proud to be the man of the house while Albert was away. Fast forward, we did a hike on Sunday and shopping on Monday. After she talked about the video and the time-stamped photograph, she said this, quote, That can be scanned for actual time verification. Last, from day one, the sheriff's office has known a description of the person-slash-friend whom Gannon left with. I didn't even come across something saying that Gannon left with a friend. Like, her original statement said... He was walking to a friend's house, so that really confused me. The last quote by her on February 12th was this. Quote, I explained to them and provided evidence. They had information about G having the key to go out the side gate. Last, they have more in-depth details that go along with this, pointing to who sent the person or why he may have come. Again, I repeat, they have had this initially and I was asked to keep quiet about it so they could have the best shot at doing their job and bringing G home. The last thing that they needed was a hindrance to their investigation. I encourage you to think of any suspicious cars that may have been in the area, watching for a few days prior, and keep praying for G. On February 14th, the FBI, the El Paso County Sheriff's Office, and Douglas County Sheriff's Office did a search around South Perry Park Road, and poked through snow to look for Gannon. There is no specification as why searches were focused here. February 16th, authorities had received over 555 tips by this time, but there was still no sign of Gannon. On February 18th, there were up to 637 tips since Gannon disappeared and Letitia told Crime Online that she took a lie detector test and passed. On February 28th, court records show police sought an arrest warrant for Letitia, and on March 2nd, Letitia was arrested. She is being held without bond in South Carolina and is going to be extradited back to Colorado. She is being charged with first-degree murder by a person in position of trust, which is a class 1 felony. She is being charged with child abuse resulting in death, which is a class 2 felony, tampering with a deceased body, class 3 felony, and tampering with physical evidence, class 6 felony. So let's listen to a little bit of the press conference from that day and Gannon's biological mother's comment after it.
0: Thanks, Jackie. Um, Welcome, everybody. Today marks five weeks since the investigation into the disappearance of Gannon Stout. We're holding the press conference to update you on some significant developments. While we've yet to locate Gannon, this morning just after 8 o'clock a.m. East Coast time, Letitia Stout was taken into custody in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina without incident by law enforcement officers from this, the El Paso County Sheriff's Office, the Denver and Columbia Divisions of the FBI, the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina Police Department, the Horry County, South Carolina Police Department, and Sheriff's Office. <coughs> Letitia will be held without bond in the J. Reuben Long Detention Center in Horry County, South Carolina, where she, where she will remain until she's extradited back to Colorado Springs on the following charges. Charge one, murder in the first degree of a child under 12 years of age by a person in a position of trust. Child abuse resulting in death. Tampering with a deceased human body and tampering with physical evidence. I cannot stress enough what a difficult time this has been for Gannon's family. Like Jackie said, they've provided a written statement, but they will not, and, and they won't be providing any interviews at this time. And I ask that you protect their privacy.
3: Their correct mindset to be even standing up here. But if I had to say one thing, that when he said Canada is no longer with us, I'd have to say Canada is with us. After the stories of people from all over the world, he's not only my hero now, he's a world's hero. So... I think the community, the positive support from a state that I've never visited other than two or three times. I'm astounded by the amount of love that's not come from me, it's came from my boy. And never thought I'd be standing here, it was a nightmare. I've had to put trust in the people I don't know. Today i got the worst news and the best news obviously we know what the worst news is, but the best news is is that justice will be served, and I'll make sure that justice is served because my boy did not deserve any of this that has happened to him. So I urge media one more time just to hold off on questions until we know that this person, the stepmom that I even trusted, that she will pay 100% for this heinous thing she done. And I know that that's going to be do will be done. So I ask you guys, I beg and plead of you, if you've known or if you see this story, all of you have seen this story, please hold that very close to you. Because I want to live this earth knowing that justice was served for my boy. And I know that you've seen pictures, you've seen stories, you've seen my little man. He is truly my hero. And I'm gladly giving that to you guys too, that he can be your hero. I've heard stories of people that have not prayed in years, that have finally fell on their knees to pray. And I know where my son's at, without a shadow of a doubt. So many families have been brought closer together because of this. I know my boy is special, and I've told my people and my family <clears throat> and friends that Gannon has a testimony, that Gannon has a story. He's special. this is his story. So make that story magnificent, who my child is, and I'm putting my trust into you guys to do that. So thank you for allowing Gannon to be your hero and sharing him with us.
1: just have evidence slash rumors of the case there isn't really theories for the case because either he is still missing and the stepmom didn't do it or he is deceased and the stepmom had something to do with it which both are very sad but I think we're all somehow hoping for the first one even though we know that's very unlikely at this point So the surveillance video showing Gannon enter the red pickup truck but never exit it at his home is very chilling. I will link it in the show notes if you want to watch it. His stepmother has multiple claims for this video. At first she stated that Gannon did get out of the pickup, but he went to a back gate that only he had a key to which kind of seems like an odd thing for him to do and an odd thing for him to only have a key to. Once again, he's 11 and it's a gate, so I'm kind of confused there. Later, she stated that the surveillance video had to be from a different day when she dropped Gannon off somewhere. I think it was like a friend's house. Not sure how a video that is in a high-tech surveillance system will get that messed up. But, you know, I don't really know technology. Just saying, that's kind of unlikely. She also states that the day before he went missing, she took Ganon and his sister hiking at Garden of the Gods Park and then went to Burger King. Some have stated this seems like a difficult place for children to hike, so it's very unlikely she actually brought them there. And some have also stated that Ganon had been sick at that time too, so why would you bring a sick child hiking? Also, the day he supposedly went missing, Gannon is said to have stayed home from school, so why would he be allowed to go to a friend's house? And this is something that a lot of people have mentioned, um, because I know with me, my family would never let me go do anything after school if I stayed home sick, because... Like, you're not well enough to go to school, you're not well enough to go hang out with a friend. He was also 11, so why would he have been allowed to go to a friend's house without telling his parents where he was going? At least, like, some vicinity of it. Like, I'm going down the block to a friend's house, or something along those lines, so they had some idea. It was reported that police found some blood in the house that belonged to Gannon, actually quite a bit of blood I'll get into it oh Letitia stated she did not hurt him she said Gannon got nosebleeds a lot and this is believable I have a cousin who like it doesn't matter what time of year randomly his nose will just start bleeding and it'll be like a half hour before it's done so that is a valid statement she also said Gannon cut his foot in the garage a few days before he disappeared. Here is that statement again, quote, Saturday night, G was helping me unload in the garage and cut his foot because there are a lot of tools because Albert does woodworking. He sat on the edge of the car and we bandaged it up. He was good to go. He always loves helping his dad in the garage build things like his Lego tables and the flower pot they built for me as a gift. After this, I noticed G kept going to the side of the house. So that was what she told police about blood in the garage, which was a major point of, like, question. So Al, Gannon's father, asked Letitia why there was a saucer-sized puddle of blood in Gannon's room, and she said this, quote, He was taken around and shown different places of blood inside the house. There was some in the garage, but they are all accidents all the time. Nosebleeds. Gannon walked around sometimes with blood on his arm from nosebleeds. End quote. Apparently, Gannon's sock and a bloody 2x4 board were found in the woods near Douglas County. Letitia explained this away as well, stating her family often loaded up boards they didn't need in the truck and it could have flown out. Well, they were driving along. There were always accidents in the garage, which could account for the blood. Still seems kind of odd. I don't know if they tested the board for like whose blood it was, but if it was Gannon's and his sock was on there, that seems even more suspicious. So Leticia also shared a video of getting mad with Gannon. He was bad-mouthing his birth mother, or she was bad-mouthing his birth mother, and talking about bath salts. She said she didn't realize her phone was recording, but she did share this video on Facebook. So, like, my phone randomly goes to the camera, but I'm not sharing the accidental pictures and videos on Facebook. In this video, you hear her getting mad about Gannon accidentally knocking over a candle or something along those lines. Gannon is heard crying in the background. I don't know how to tell different types of cries, but many people have said this wasn't like an I'm-in-trouble cry. This sounded like he was terrified. Letitia also told Gannon that they had to sell stuff to get money to fix the carpet so they didn't get kicked out of the home. That's not something you tell your children. You don't threaten them with homelessness, and that's just, that's not okay. You would... Of course, like, work together to help them fix it and let them know, like, yeah, it's an accident, but we gotta try and not do that again. You don't say, we're gonna be homeless if we don't fix this. So, then some people believe towards the end of the video, it sounds like Gannon says, I'm bleeding. So many have speculated that Letitia was abusing him. I will play that video for you right now.
3: Okay, I promise this is the last time I want to ask you. I'm just freaked out, okay? Are you sure you didn't do it on purpose? He did it. Okay, we promise. He promised. On uh, purpose? Pinky promise.
1: Pinky!
4: Okay, alright, so, listen. Listen. Alright, we're gonna have to sell stuff to fix it, okay? okay. So, we figure out what we gotta sell.
3: We can
1: sell the sofa, we can sell whatever, because we gotta get it fixed,
0: old so lady don't be mad at us and kick out the house uh, okay you
1: got it uh. so i tried to like up the audio a little bit and play the last part for you so here this is i'm gonna play that a few more times in like a loop just so maybe you can hear it better What I just played for you was what a lot of people believe is Ganon saying I'm bleeding at the end of the video and that has caused a lot of people to think Letitia was abusing him at this time and I don't know what I hear but I really don't have great hearing. So there's that. Next, I would like to talk about some screenshots from the Reddit True Crime Society. They had a lot of screenshots from Leticia's Facebook, and it was, it was like a huge rabbit hole, honestly. I didn't even get through half of them. One comment said this, no one other than family has seen him since Sunday morning. He didn't go to school Monday and then was allegedly allowed to walk to a friend's house that day. We got rain and a little snow that day. The picture of them hiking on Sunday doesn't look to be current. Stepmom didn't know what he was wearing when he left. Letitia posted an update about the surveillance from a store that turned out not to be Gannon, and somebody called her out in the comments on her sister's share, saying, "'This isn't the latest update. They found blood in your damn sister's home. She's a murderer. Stop trying to cover up and start telling the truth so this baby can finally rest in peace.'" Another screenshot from someone else's Facebook said this about the case. I live off of Fountain Mesa and noticed something off this morning. There's an abandoned house on Fountain Mesa between Moss Bluff Court and Comanche Village Drive. It's always locked up tight, but the garage door was open about a foot and a wooden plank was pulled off the door this morning. It may be nothing or it could be something. Leticia also used some past tense words in some of her posts after Gannon went missing, which could mean she knew he was gone, but that is just speculation. A lot of times when people use past tense words in cases, people speculate heavily on, oh, they're saying that because they know they're dead because they did something. But honestly, I mess up past tense and like present tense all the time. Some screenshots of a comment on a post about the case are as follows. Quote, Okay, so I know this family. Al Stalk, the dad, is the brother of my best friend growing up. We all went to a tiny Christian school. I have known Al since he was a toddler. I know Gannon's birth mom. The stepmom is crazy. She won't let Albert have his own social media. She's extremely controlling and distrustful of everyone. There are also comments indicating many people had offered trained search dogs, but the family was denying anything with Gannon's scent, which seems counteractive to them wanting to find Gannon. Screenshots of a chat on Facebook says this. They shut down my dad's work searching for that little boy. They think he's in a brown suitcase. He works at a landfill. So that's really... Weird because there's no mention of that anywhere. But if they did shut down the dad's work, maybe the suitcase thing was a misunderstanding. Otherwise, that honestly, not to be morbid, but that's probably a good way for people to transport dead children because they would fit very well. But let's hope not. So, the last comment I will mention is from a woman whose son went to school with Gannon. Her son stated that Ganon was being abused, and many of the kids knew it. I'm assuming maybe he told some people if this statement is true, and that is very concerning. Like I said, there's not really any theories for the case, because either Ganon is still missing, or he is sadly deceased. And if he is deceased, most likely it's the stepmother. There's a possibility it could be someone else, but everything's pointing to the stepmother at this time. So that is it for this case. I am going to promote our social media once more, For Twitter, it is at greatunsolved. For Instagram, it is at greatunsolvedpod, and I post on there quite a lot. I will continue to post about this case as it goes on because there's still a lot to learn in this case. We don't know anything surrounding it, and we don't know if the stepmother is guilty, and Gannon has still not been found, or his body hasn't been found so next week i'm going to be on vacation but i have pre-recorded an episode of the case of evelyn boswell who people are arrested in that case as well and it seems to be the mother but there's a lot going on in that case that i want to discuss so come back next week and listen to that once again our link tree is in the description and you can access patreon twitter instagram our website and so many other things from there.